Hungary against France. Um, look, there's going to be a bold claim, boys, but because they're playing in Puskas Arena, I reckon Hungary's going to pull up an upset. Welcome back to Vats Football Podcast. I'm excited to be back. And also, Aethan, after his loan spell away, he's back finally on the podcast. What's going on, boys? Good to be back. Thank you. Uh, today, I think in today's podcast, we'll be talking about uh, the recent match day, as well as also predictions for next match day. Okay, so it is going to be a jam-packed episode with a lot uh, of good to talk about of the first match day, uh, the first match week, whatever you want to call it. But something we do need to address is the Denmark-Finland situation in which um, a very notable player, Christian Eriksen, um, had a cardiac arrest on the pitch. Now, this player hadn't really shown any signs of this, at least uh, publicly, um, and up until this point, um, before halftime, uh, and the game wasn't suspended, did finish with a Finland 1-0 victory. But yeah, thankfully, Ericsson is uh, fine, as it is for now. But it's going to be um, a tough recovery for him. And we wish his family, our close friends, the best um, for that recovery and hope that he can get back into football. But at the end of the day, um, there are a few things in life that matter more than football. And it's about um, ensuring that this player is safe and that he can live a, a long and happy life uh, beyond the great game. Yeah, um, I think something we have to mention is the heroic act that um, Ker- how do I pronounce the name? Ker- yeah, it's a difficult one, yeah, but I think it's like Kair or something. Kair, um, the the Denmark defender, um, saw that Ericsson collapse on the field and ran straight away and performed CPR on Ericsson, which I believe he was medically gone. He was medically dead, and he was that sort of resurrected. But he was resurrected by CPR, um, so his heart stopped um, pumping. He also checked if his, he was if he had swallowed his tongue, which can be something that blocks the airways. So I think it brought the best out of the, the people who play the game. We often these players often get a lot of scrutiny, um, um, but it truly just shows somehow some of these players are really really kind people at heart and know that. Um, they're just they're playing a game of football rather than but life comes into it. On a brighter note, uh, match day one has just finished and there's definitely been some exciting results, I'd say. And um, definitely, so the first game was the opener with Italy against Turkey and that ended in a 3-0 result. I think it was very dominant by Italy and kind of showed where they are going to be in this tournament. Yeah, um, one of the dark horses for the tournament or everyone for being a surprise package, I guess you could say, in Turkey, really disappointed. Um, they honestly didn't have any um any touch of the ball, but like they had the, the, the only possession they really had was when they were clearing the ball out of their their own half. Um, so Italy dominated. It could have easily been four or five. Yeah. Um, Insigne missed um missed two chances. Eventually got his goal at the end. Um, but yeah, so a game like Italy, um, a team like Italy coming into this, um, they're looking very very strong and could go on, um, go very very far in the tournament. Um. Moving on to the Wales and Switzerland game, uh, Switzerland looked far more the dominant team. Uh, Wales kind of got a really positive result from that game based on how they performed. Very lucky to get the draw. Um, yeah, what, what are your boys' thoughts on that? Yeah, so that, that striker of Wales, um, Moore, is an absolute 
absolute steal uh, for Wales. He hasn't been playing internationally uh, for a while, and they looked on the back foot the whole game, but Moore with his headband after a head collision early in the game, standing at, I think it's like six foot four, managed to grab them and equalise, and it was a really, um, I thought it was actually a pretty exciting game. Now, we saw Switzerland's dominance in this game, and I think they're a team that could potentially beat Turkey and potentially put up a result against Italy, forcing um, maybe Turkey not to even make it into the round of 16. Mbolo is one of the uh, standout players of this week. Could have easily scored three, four goals, I reckon, but um, he did manage to score one uh, early that was equalised late in a result that Switzerland probably won't be happy about in the long run of things after dominating. Yeah, so Switzerland came out of that. The first half was fairly even. Uh, it was definitely further towards Switzerland, but it was more even in the sense that you could clearly see that Wales were setting back and trying to play that defensive game. But then Switzerland came out with this fight, and they were only within four minutes, um, the 49th minute, Mbolo scored, and Mbolo was playing incredible. However, I feel Mbolo was like severely let down by his strike partner in Isaverovic. Um, he had three or four chances. They were half chances, but all of them, um, he didn't he didn't manage to get the shot on target. Um, well, there's a few there's a few chances where you'd think, oh, he can score this, or he should challenge the keeper. Never got really on target. I really think they Severovic really let the team down um, this time. Yeah, that was very that was an interesting game. But um, I think the next one was Denmark and Finland, which was the one new result. But obviously, we have talked about the whole Ericsson situation. But besides that, I feel like. Besides Spain, I think Denmark was definitely one of the most unluckiest teams in this match day. I mean, the amount of shots they had, even if not many were on target, they dominated possession, they dominated, you know, attacks, but they just could not seem to hit the board. I think it's very tough to judge that Denmark performance based on what's happened. Um, the, the mental effect, um, the mental impact, sorry, that the, the players would have experienced after the incident, um, the Ericsson incident. We saw Hoybier missing the penalty. Um, to replace Ericsson's role as a penalty taker. Um, yeah, so it's very hard to judge Denmark, I'm sure. I hope they come back fighting um, in their next game. Uh, moving on, the more positive result for Belgium. Now knocking, really hitting hard, um, entering this tournament with an impact. 3-0 um, win against Russia, who are a team that uh, can be... So it was surprised everyone in the 28 World, 2018 World Cup. So, yeah, very interesting from Belgium. Yeah, I thought Russia would be a team that would be able to dominate this tournament. Obviously, Belgium's a rough first fixture, but they just didn't look like it. They did not look like the Russia of old in 2018. They weren't putting as many chances on the board, and Belgium just took the upper hand. An early goal from Bollingoli himself um, <laughs> in the 10th minute sort of made it seem like it was secure. He did give that gesture to um, Christian Eriksen, which was great to see that the whole football world is behind him, despite being on a um, on a rival nation. Um, Thomas Mounier with a great performance, an assist and a goal, um, as well as keeping a clean sheet. And yeah, Lukaku um, sealed the deal with an 88th um, three-goal winner over Russia. Um, yeah, overall, decent game. I think Russia still have a lot to prove in this tournament. Now the big game. Uh... Certainly, I was up watching this game. Uh, 1-0 England against Croatia. Now, the scoreline may not be as convincing um, in terms of, obviously, goals. and how The, the scoreline doesn't tell the story. England were very dominant in this game. There was only about maybe 10, 20 minutes of the game where Croatia 
looked like they had control. But for most of it, it was a hot, hot day. Um, the game was never really going to be a game where it was going to be end-to-end attacking football. So really well done in the hot, in the hot weather. England managed to dominate the game and then, most importantly, score and win and really set themselves up for the tournament. Yeah, I think that first half from England was they're on fire, you know. Like, they came out firing, you know, there were a lot of attacks. Raheem Sterling, run after run, but sometimes he just couldn't um, finish. But I think in that second half, especially a bit late, um, that was when Croatia started to pull back. But I think um, that England defence, like, Tyron Mings surprised me in that game. Yeah, I thought he played really well considering the like spectacle he had around his selection in the team. Now, something that um, was interesting about this game was some of the players who were selected. Now, going into what I will admit, I was very sceptical about, um, about Phillips and Sterling, um, as well as Trippier right back. He couldn't quite score one of the free kicks, but overall did have a good game, despite actually playing on that left side. Yeah, I think someone that he can't, um, he can't not mention in this game, Calvin Phillips. Everyone, when the lineup came out, everyone was like, oh, this is way too defensive. Uh, why is Calvin Phillips on the team? It wasn't really a personal attack on Calvin Phillips. No one really thought Calvin Phillips wasn't good enough. It was more that they, they didn't like the way that England would approach that game with the lineup. However, he really came out and sort of shocked everyone. He was an attacking threat with that volley from outside the box um, within the first 10, 15 minutes of the game, testing the keeper on multiplication. He actually got another shot off. Unfortunately, he found the player before then. So he was all over them, and obviously that beautiful um, run, he challenged the man and managed to beat the man and play with him through. Uh, so yeah, it was a very, very positive result from England. Although scoreline may not be as convincing, it was definitely a dominant performance and a great way for England to set themselves up into the, um, into the, the, the next few games. Yeah, I think if you're England, you'll definitely take that, especially after losing in the, in the semis against Croatia in the 2018 World Cup. I think that's definitely a great result. But um. The next game was Austria and North Macedonia, and I think that was really a, it was a sealed before it was even played, really. You know, North Macedonia, as much as, you know, they are a country, um, I think Austria is just really dominant, especially with their back line, and they showed definitely in the results 3-1 that their attack can also do the work. What do you think, boys? Well, I think it was great to see North Macedonia um, score a goal. They were crazy excited about that one, but then, of course, um, Austria managed to bag too late um, getting them the 3-1 win. I think one of the talking points was Arnautovic's um, celebration, if you can call it that, after his goal. Um, there was apparently some some slurs said. I, I can't remember exactly um, what it was, and I don't know if even I don't know if it's even revealed yet um, as to what it was. But um, David Alaba, um, one of the players of that game, I thought played really well, and he's obviously dominant at a um, national level too. Um, he sort of shut that down and made sure that his teammate didn't say anything uh, beyond line. So another performance in which a, a, another, a fellow teammate um, ensured a better result for their fellow players. Just to quickly mention about North Macedonia, this is their first game in any major tournament. Um, so good, big congrats to them. Um, Goran Pandev scoring the first goal for North Macedonia ever in a obviously international um, tournament. At the age of 37. So technically, Gor- Goran Pandev is the youngest North Macedonia scorer at 37. That's a great, that's a great statistic. So, yeah. Um, quickly, swiftly moving on. For arguably the most um, exhilarating um, game of the week. 3-2, um, Netherlands. Uh, Ukraine put up a real fight here. 
um, kind of written off from the beginning, um, but really showed maybe they are favourites to become second in this group. Um, really pushed Netherlands for that first position. But Netherlands ultimately just had that quality to when they did drop off, they could easily reverse the the reverse the um the flow of the game and really dominate again. Uh we saw it was left really late by Dumfries. Um but we also saw a fantastic goal from Yarmolenko from outside the box for Ukraine to get them um to get them back into the game. Yeah, I reckon Yarmolenko I think is very underrated, especially for that Ukraine Ukraine team. But um, I think one of the main points was Dumfries. I, I, from what I saw, he had so many chances on that right side, especially those deep crosses that went back post. He was all over that. And I think if he can, um, if he has the ability to finish those more often, he is going to be so dangerous in this competition. Yeah, Dumfries is one that a lot of people will start um, putting into those fantasy teams because he is that attacking fullback option. He is an aerial threat, um, despite not being able to put as many away as he would have liked in that game against Ukraine. Just quickly, um, to mention, um, I think everyone, everyone who plays FB, um, FB like Euro, um, Euro Fantasy League was surprised to see um, Van Arnholt start over Vindel at left-back. Um, and also a bit disappointed with Depay's performance. I don't think he was necessarily bad, but he's ultimately in there to score goals, which he didn't do. But um, anyways, yeah, quickly, swiftly moving on, as Paddy was doing, onto the Czech Republic-Scotland game, where we might have seen one of the goals of the tournament. Yeah, and he and he got two as well. It was it was chic. Um, and we'll go on about this goal later. Um, in a in a later segment. But yeah, Czech Republic put up a good performance. Scotland very very unlucky in this game. I thought had a lot of chances. Felt like they could have put a few could have put a few in the back of the net. They did have um more possession and had ultimately had more attacks. But yeah, just couldn't quite get the job done with um Shea Adams up top. Shea Adams, as I was about to say, Shea Adams actually didn't start. So this is where um, maybe it's a question of the lineups. They decided not to play Shea Adams. And personally, I think that might have been their mistake. I think as the man who scores, um, scores goals for Southampton, even behind Danny Ings, even when Danny Ings is meant to be that star man of that Southampton team, um, added, um, Shea Adams tends to get a, um, a bunch of goals. So it's really, it's really questionable not starting him. They started to play two up front with um, Dykes and Christie. So personally, I think if they play Shea Adams in the next game against England, um, he could be a real goal threat. Yeah, definitely. Um, moving on to the next uh, match was Poland against Slovakia, which ended in a 2-1 win to Slovakia. And I think that was probably one of the, I'd say one of the big surprises besides, you know, maybe Czech Republic. But um, yeah, what do you think? What do you think about that, boys? Yeah, I thought Poland just couldn't quite seem to get it done. Their star man up top, Robin uh, Lewandowski, uh, was got completely shut down. Um, Slovakia knew what they were doing. They had two two on him at all times, and yeah, a few unfortunate uh, mistakes from Poland uh, saw Slovakia somehow get the win, and no one saw it coming. But they managed to do it with a screen a late equaliser. Yeah, just quickly said, like I feel. Poland was my um my surprise package, and obviously I'm quite disappointed. I do think that red card um did affect it, that red card to, uh, if I can pronounce the name, Kichorak. I'll try. That's that's not that's not that's it. Anyways, right. <laughs> um, that's the issue with the Euros. There's a bunch of names that I can't quite pronounce. Anyways, yeah. So as Poland is one of my surprise packages, very disappointed. Um, Paulo Sosa couldn't quite get the team um to to gel together as for as. 
as well as I thought they would. Um, uh, but Slovakia, one of the teams I thought that would almost go, I think all of us maybe put Slovakia at the, the fourth to get knocked out directly through group stages. Um, so really coming out fighting, showing that anything can happen in tournament football. Um, but moving on, arguably one of the most interesting but boring games that there was there. Well, I think it was Spain versus Sweden. Um, Spain dominated something like, I need to double check the stats, something like 75%. 75% possession, which I believe is the highest amount of possession um, in the this match week, um, especially with a team that's like the quality of Sweden. Um, it's very surprising to see Spain dominate that much. Um, go on, Paddy. Yeah, if you just let me read out the stats. 17 total attempts to four. 80 attacks to 12, six corners to one, passing accuracy at nearly 90% compared to Sweden's um, not even 60%. So, crazy game. We're going to talk about Sweden's man up top, though. Isak, an absolute baller um, for Real Sociedad, and he's he looks dangerous. Well, the little possession they had, he managed to catch so many people's eyes within that game. The fact that there's only 25% possession shared between everyone on that team. And Isak, somehow, everyone's going mental about how talented this guy is. Not just um, his, his ability to shoot, as, as, ultimately as a striker. He's so tall and so tall and skinny um, and is so mobile. He managed, there was a situation in the game where he managed to be three players where it looked like he couldn't possibly get out of it, which is something that you'd really expect a winger or a centre mid to have that sort of trait. But a striker, incredible. And I don't know if it was the nerves or something, but Spain, they just had so many chances. I remember looking back at the um, at the shots, Morata ha had that one where it was just him and the keeper and he could have tucked that in right corner and he just gets past it. And it just kind of, I guess if that... Even that shot alone kind of just sums up the whole game, really. They just had chance after chance after chance, and it just they just weren't lucky enough, I guess. Personally, I don't understand the reasoning to continue to start Morata. He's continually disappointing for both Juventus and Spain, where you've got Gerard Moreno, which I believe had about um, definitely double figures in the La Liga. Oh, plenty of goals this year. I think it was 17. Yeah, and was able to provide the assists too, which was a massive thing. So I'm also questioning why... He started up top. But another team we need to talk about um, who were disappointing for pretty much 80 minutes of the match and then managed to um, score was Portugal against Hungary. Now, Hungary put up a great defensive performance um, despite the 3-0 scoreline. And it was only until the 84th minute that Portugal scored their first goal um, with Guerrero. You thought that Hungary could get it done. They had a few good chances. But then Ronaldo sealed the deal with an 87th minute penalty and a, and a 90 um, a 90 goal uh, a 90 minute goal um, in the second minute of added time just shows the class that they have the ability for them to come back and they're going to be a force to be reckoned with despite their lack of attacks um, for most of the game. Something I want to quickly mention: um, the total attempts to the attack. So Hungary had five total attempts and took only 20, 21 attacks which is quite incredible that a third, um, oh, sorry, a quarter of the attacks resulted in an um, attempt. Uh, whether it was on target, the attacks resulted in an attempt. Whereas we see Portugal far more, far less clinical, um, where they had 68 attacks, almost 70, but only um, registered 11 attempts. So it just proves that these big teams 
when you have so much control of the ball, 65% possession, um, they, they can get caught on the counter-attack. And it proves how these teams can, obviously, they did end up winning quite dominantly. But you never really know what happens because they Hungary really pushed them to the 84th minute. Um, and it really showed the weakness of Portugal. Um, that the fact that they couldn't score into the 84th minute is really concerning, especially one if they want to finish in that second position when they've got Germany next week. Yeah, and I just wanted to quickly note that, like, although it was a 3 0 result, I think for most of that match, like, to for the Hungary defense to go against Diego Jota, you know, Ronaldo, Bernardo Silva, they put an absolute shift in, I'd say. The fact that they were able to, you know, for most of the match, defend that and sadly, you know, conceding those three goals late, I think they might actually surprise a few people in this group. Yeah, so Hungary have um, a game next week against Germany. And no, no against, against, against France. France. So Hungary is going to be playing um, France. And France had a great game, actually this morning, uh, when we recorded this, against Germany. Now, they didn't necessarily dominate the way they would have liked to. Possession went to Germany. I think Germany actually played um, probably a better game, but France proving once again that they they are able to get it done with a 1-0 result. Yeah, star man who keeps returning up for country, Paul Pogba, I believe he won man of the match. Um, when he was needed, he would provide that um, that pass. He saw that pass into Lucas Hernandez. There's a, there's a picture, actually, where Lucas Hernandez is not even in the frame, and he manages to lob it over and find Lucas Hernandez, and then obviously leads to the Hummel's own goal. Who was actually quite unfortunate. Um, he uh, performed a fantastic tackle on Kylian Mbappe, who bursted past him. Um, but once Mbappe was on the ball, in the box, he managed to tackle from behind and kick the ball to the right of Mbappe, ultimately um, stopping a goal in a 1v1 attempt. Yeah, welcome to Off The Hook. I'm very glad to be um, presenting this new segment uh, proposed by one of our fans. Uh, this is where I criticise and criticize parts of the game or decisions and all those sort of things um and in particular this this episode i think it's only right for us to discuss the ericsson issue um although the issue itself was um where ericsson collapse is bad in itself and it's where football no longer is the most important thing uh, obviously life over football uh but when he collapsed i was very very disappointed to see um, BBC constantly trying to get camera angles on Ericsson wh whilst the Denmark players were intentionally in deep sorrow and also intentionally forming a human shield. And by a human shield, I feel it, it sends a it sends quite a clear message to the people from Sky um, that we don't you don't need to like look at this. We don't want you recording this. This is private. That sort of thing. And ultimately, these these TV companies and these channels are trying to take it or make a profit and take advantage of such a horrible moment of someone's life. Um, it's just ethically wrong. And um, going on from that, uh, Peter Schmeichel came out and it actually um, criticised UEFA with the options they gave the players. Um, it was believed that they were either forced to play the game the next day later, which he believed was harsh because as he thought that the players couldn't imagine not being able to sleep tonight and then having to get in tomorrow after seeing, and he's completely right after seeing something so traumatizing. Um, it's crazy to think that they would have to go to bed and then play the game the next day as all of them would be completely 
um, heartbroken and wouldn't be getting any sleep. So it's it's a fair point in the fact maybe he believes that something should have maybe yeah things should have been dealt in a different way. Perhaps playing the game at the end of the groups, um, the group round. So maybe playing the games after all the other games had been played, um, or such as play, even just setting the, the date of the game back. And then the the most horrible thing for me, at least, is that if they didn't want to continue the game next Sunday, um, uh, they had of the Sunday after they had to forfeit it, which is just horrible to think that it's kind of that there's no there's no sympathy there for these these players, and that will be the end of the off the hook segments. We are hoping this segment to be far more humorous and far more lighthearted, especially the issues we discuss. However, we thought this issue could not be unaddressed um, and had to be the awareness had to be spread about what these disgusting acts these TV companies are doing now let's move on so that was a great match day one but as we go into match day two there's a whole new set of games which are all going to have very interesting results now let's go through our predictions boys um, based on the first week and then also what we would have known before the tournament Finland Russia in this match day's opener actually going to be played uh, tonight. So I was impressed by um, Finland um, to be able to hold up against that Denmark side. I think this could be a very, I, was, I, was very not, I wasn't very impressed with Russia, but I ultimately think they come up against a stronger opponent. So for me, I think it will just be a quite boring game. It'll be like a 1-1 one, one draw. Yeah, I'd say so. I'd, I'd say other than that, maybe a Russia push, but yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go with Russia 3, uh, Finland 2. On that wow. game, I think I think Russia has it in them. I don't think they could quite show it on the first week, but I, I do really think that they can push far into this tournament if they um, are able to start putting some chances away and making sure that they do get continuous chances. So now moving back to Group A, two two teams that ultimately disappointed. Obviously, Wales got the result, but two teams that disappointed in the first match week face each other, ultimately trying to win either that third position or even that second position. I think that first position in Group A is completely taken by Italy. Um, Turkey versus Wales. Uh, for me, I still think Turkey have it in them. They'll bounce back. I don't think Wales were, showed anything against Switzerland that was considered dangerous, apart from maybe more um, taking those chances. So I would go for 2-1 to Turkey. Yeah, I'd say similar to that as well. I think Turkey would definitely get the win for that. But um, in another Group A game, Italy versus Switzerland. And, I mean, after Italy's performance, I think this one's a no, one of the no-doubters of the league. I think Italy will just dominate, you know, they, you know, defence and offence. They're just really good. So I'd probably say, like, a 2-0 result for Italy. I think Switzerland have the capacity to score a goal out of nowhere. Um, haven't seen that from them in a while, but Mbolo up top, I'm going to rave about him all tournament, but I'm certain that he is going to get them results. And I think this could result in a draw. I think Switzerland were really good defensively, um, led by Rodriguez. And I do think that they can get a result. I'm going to say 2 all. Um, ultimately, I think uh, Switzerland showed how great they were. Um, but ultimately, I still think Italy will just be slightly too strong for them. A bit too far. But I do think Switzerland will be able to focus on that um, second spot in that group. Next game in Group C, uh, Ukraine and North Macedonia. Again, I think Ukraine definitely showed their attacking power and strength, and I think they'll definitely get it done against North Macedonia, especially the with the likes of North Macedonia, who's very new to this competition. So I think it'll probably be like a 2 or 3-0. Maybe North Macedonia might sneak in another goal, but yeah, definitely win for Ukraine. I'm going to say Ukraine-dominated game. Um, I feel like they can keep it in their forward half a lot. Uh, we saw that in the first game. 
So I'm going to say Ukraine 5 1. 5 1. I do think Ukraine are very strong and they might be a team that not many people would have predicted to and maybe even go through to the groups. Um, so I'm going to go. I think Ukraine are strong. I don't think they're that strong, Paddy. I'm going to go. Um, I'm going to say 2 0 Ukraine. But dominant performance. Yeah, we'll have to see what happens. Um, one that's going to be a, a very difficult game for Denmark um, and potentially Belgium is the Denmark uh, Belgium game. <laughs> Um, on the Friday morning, um, our time. It's going to be interesting to see how the two sides hold up. Obviously, it's very difficult circumstances. Um, I think Denmark is still going to be um, struck, uh, struck by that first round incident. And I'm going to say Belgium are going to win that 3-1. I've got a slight feeling that Denmark going to come out here fighting and maybe do this this game for Mona for Ericsson. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if Denmark can maybe sneak a draw and really challenge Belgium with that really, really, really strong defence. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to go... I'm going to go one all. Yeah, look, as much as I love Denmark and I love their fight, I think Belgium are just too too much of a superpower in, the, in this group, so I think it'll be maybe a 2-1, 3-1 win. All right, we're just going to rush uh, through the rest of the results. So, Netherlands, Austria, boys, what do you reckon? I'd say Netherlands for me. For the win. I think Netherlands are far too dominant. Obviously, Russia showed how good they were, but I'm going to go 2-0 Netherlands. Yeah, I'm going to go same here. How about Isak and Sweden against Slovakia? I reckon this could be close. I think Sweden have a lack of um, a lack of experience on the ball. That, that could shock them because um, this is a game I expect them to dominate. But ultimately, I think Isak will plough them through. I reckon it'll be a boring 1-0 win. Same, I think Sweden will probably be a, might be able to sneak an upset in there. And um, in Group D, the next game, Croatia versus Czech Republic. Yeah, so Croatia, um, disappointing against Czech Republic, weren't able to dominate um, like they would, uh, like what they were in 2018. But I'm going to say Croatia is going to come out with it. I'm going to say 2-1 Croatia. Yeah, the next, oh, actually, sorry, not the next game. Croatia versus Czech Republic. Again, I do, I think Croatia is going to be too dominant. I think Czech Republic showed that they, they can challenge that um, third, that second position, beat Scotland to it. But ultimately, Croatia too much, 1-0. Yeah, same boys, I think the same. Um, England versus Scotland next game. Um, look, I think this will definitely be a tough match considering their, um, I wouldn't say rivalry, but closeness in, in geographic location, I guess. But I think England are definitely too strong and will get the win here. Yeah, England are going to be uh, great in this game. Um, I think they might have got rid of some of the nerves after first half. Um, in Croatia, I'm going to say another boulder. I'm going to go five-one to England. <laughs> so I think the 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 thing about England, the rivalry is kind of like every rivalry or derby there is. The form kind of goes out the window. Players can show up and just fight. Um, but Scotland, I think, are heavily demoralised. They wanted to go into this game having a win in their back pocket. Don't think they do. Well, obviously they don't. So um, they can't knock England out. So I feel England will just take advantage of this. Disadvantage Scotland, I reckon it's going to be 3-0. So for the next game, Group F, Hungary against France. Um, look, there's going to be a bold claim, boys, but because they're playing in Puskas Arena, I reckon Hungary's going to pull up an upset one. <laughs> it's going to That's a crazy one from Ethan. Um, look, I wish I could say the same. I've had a few crazy predictions, but France is going to be too strong again. Hopefully they don't sit back this game. We'd love to see them score a fair few goals. And again, it's going to be a 5-1 result. I think... Um, obviously, Hungary played Portugal at the Puskas Arena, and that clearly didn't make too much of a difference. So, um, 
So obviously, I don't think France was um, as convincing as they could have been, but obviously they did get the result. So I'm going to say Hungary to win. Uh, no, not Hungary to win. <laughs> France to win a three 0 I thought Ben was going to go crazy like Ethan there. Um, and disappoint just like two teams who are going to be playing um, on the twentieth. Spain and Poland, two teams who couldn't quite get it done first week. I'm going to say Poland. Um, look, I know Spain definitely had a lot of jitters in the first one, but I think after a week of playing, maybe in a week of more training, I think they'll be able to settle the nerves and uh, get the job done with a win. Yeah, um, I think, oh, it's actually a really close one for me. I think it'll probably end up in the draw. I think Spain were... Uh, weren't, they won't have as much control of the game and the fact that they had so much control of the game in the past game against Sweden and they didn't manage to get results. Um, I'm going to go another draw. I'm going to go 1-1. One, one. Swiftly moving on to um, Portugal-Germany. Uh, this is arguably for the game of the week. Uh, we saw Portugal dominate against Hungary towards the end of the game. We also saw um, Germany prove that they actually can dominate the big games. Although they didn't win, they actually... That performance has showed me that maybe they are more of a threat than I thought they first would be. Personally, I think Germany will be too strong for Portugal. I'm going 2-1 Germany. Yeah, I'm actually going to have to say the, the same and the same result, simply because Portugal weren't able to do it for the full 90 minutes. I think Germany's a side that will punish. Um, couldn't quite do it against France, but I, I don't think I can liken that France side to Portugal. I think France is way too strong. So I think Portugal... Um, if they give up possession at any time like they did throughout that game, I think Germany are going to capitalise. And I'm going to say, yeah, 2-1, uh, same result. Um, I'm just going to go a bit opposite there. I think Portugal will win 2-1, to be honest. Yeah, that's, that's fair enough. That's going to wrap up our um, match, day, uh, match day one and two talk. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, this has been a very interesting episode. Looking forward to the future match weeks ahead. And, yeah, that's football. <laughs>